Untangled Knots is an attempt to explore the internal and external world. I have guests from different countries and backgrounds, and we talk about the things that make us excited and the things that we care about. If you like what I or any of my guests have to say, then check out our other projects. There are links to all our socials and everything in the description. Anything you want to say to introduce yourself first? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, my name is Karina, and hi, I go by Young Boss Karen. I'm a writer and um, a designer in training, and um, yeah, I guess that's what I do. Most getting into podcasting and all that, but mostly writing and designing for now. Right before we pressed record, we were talking about massage in Nigeria. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, massages. Um, okay, we have the normal massages that you get, you know, the ones you see in spas and all. Those ones are pretty expensive, and you know, not everyone can afford them. But we also have the really cheap ones. <laughs> and um, cheap ones, I hear they work better. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I prefer the massages at spas just uh-huh. because they're cleaner. And these local ones, you could get it in, like, go and you'd see a shack. I don't you have, You know what a shack looks like, right? Wooden houses, mostly dirty environments. Like these are the ones I know of. It's either an, a really old lady or a scary looking person. And <laughs> and people go for massages for different reasons. The one I know of the most is ladies who want to get pregnant. They go there and they are massaging their wound. I don't know. Okay. 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 <laughs> wait, wait. When you told me that, when... Women go there to get, they want to get pregnant. I, my imagination was <laughs> I thought that they were getting impregnated in the... No! Was... No, 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 no. <laughs> oh, my God. No, no, no. no. Because uh, there, there are videos on the internet of uh, these kind of places, too. So, um... yeah. <laughs> wrong website, or if you go to the right website, you see uh, fetishes for that kind of thing, so... Uh, so I was imagining, <laughs> uh, uh, and since we're, we were, we wanted to talk about the strange kind of things you come across and okay. so that my mind went a little bit. <laughs> Where's the craziest shit you can think of? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. There, there's still a bunch of crazy shit, but for the ladies who want to get pregnant, you know, um, I heard they have these certain points, they touch that affect the womb and makes it open. And then they have these herbs that are tried and trusted. So they boil them up, mix them up, add who knows what. And the lady sits on, I don't know if it's a bucket or something, and the steam gets into her to help open her up. And yes. <laughs> so it's believed that that helps ladies get pregnant. Although I don't know anyone have been successful with that i know some i know people who have gone through that but they haven't been successful so i don't know why they keep doing it you know it's always hearsay you know i heard i heard someone went there and it happened i heard and ladies over here especially who have been married for a while and don't have kids it tends to be desperate they go with a lot of hearsays and they get to these places just because they want kids and which is crazy because it Makes it seem like, you know, we don't have medical facilities in this country. Uh, yeah, they're pretty messed up, but 
I mean, there are still ways for people to get pregnant. You know, there's the host, you have the IVFs and what do they call them? Surrogates. You have the surrogate, surrogate moms and um, the whole test tube. We have all that here. So the, I never really understand why they leave the hospitals because they don't trust doctors and rather they trust a scary old lady in a dirty house. Not cheap. And another reason they don't have money for it. Some. Some the people I know who went to these people, they had the money for it, so I never understood. I can kind of understand. I've had back problems, and I've gone to I've gone to like a hundred different people, maybe, and okay. about five or six with doctors, and they were the least help out of everyone. <laughs> and I don't think that's saying that every problem can't be solved by you know hospitals and doctors, but uh, especially when it comes to muscles and tendons, yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Massage too. Like uh, the reason why I trust massage is because the the fourth or fifth person that I went to was incredible, and she just totally changed my life. And just um, she gave me awareness about my body that I didn't have before, and um, she taught me how to do a lot of the stuff myself too. So um, she was just an awesome lady. After I left that, you know, I left where I was living. I came back to Japan. I've been looking for that again, and nobody, nobody has. You know. Nobody has that. Nobody has well, yeah. yeah, I can't. I can't entirely rule them out. I don't think it would be proper because I know. For, I just thought about um, an old friend of mine who um, I think she broke her leg, and um, they were at the hospital, but they pulled her out of the hospital and took her to one of these massage places, and they stuck up with the herbs, used a bunch of leaves and shit to hold up her legs, and. They said it worked better than it would have in the hospital, but I don't know. I mean, it worked. It worked, but I don't know if it worked better than it would have in the hospital. That's what I don't know. Because she still has a limp when she walks, so how much better? Yeah. I've been studying, like, um, I've been studying Chinese massage, right? And so I think the reason why it's so easy to find these <laughs> daily places and... um. It's even worse when there's not the same theory because uh, Chinese medicine theory is really deep. The problem is it's so deep that like it's so easy to get wrong. No matter how many years we study, if you don't have like a really sensitive touch, if you don't really listen to the person and work together with the patient and teach the patient too, I think this is where this is where a lot of the problems come in is that people are so unaware of their own bodies that no matter how much the doctor hits the point, the person's like tense and tight and, and doesn't know how to breathe and doesn't know how to relax that it doesn't even work they go back home and have some bad habits that kind of reverse all the entire and so you have all these kind of half-assed lazy people that do it because it's such a mystery uh it's such a hard thing to get results from that people step in and just have these you know half-assed procedures or they make something up because uh they've never really experienced it work themselves so they just kind of take it of people who are desperate and I've, I've met those people too i've been to a few of those too where i i got really fucked up by a chiropractor before where i i'm probably still recovering from that and i'm not saying all chiropractors are bad there's definitely some that know what they're doing but i gotta know chiropractors before i go to see them <laughs> because they, crack, they move things around too uh, the human body itself is pretty tricky yeah uh, i did blood cupping before do you know what that is no i don't <laughs> Uh, do you know cupping? No, not really. Uh, if you watch the Olympics, you might see some uh, people with spots on their back. They 
put a suction cup on your back and it takes all the blood to the surface. So you have these red kind of hickeys on your back. Yeah. So I do that regular, not regularly, but sometimes. But then there's blood cupping where they poke like a tiny hole and then they do the same thing. So blood comes out into the cup. Mm-hmm. And they end up with these cups full of blood on your back. Uh, why was it for? Uh, so the idea behind it, there's, um, there's different levels to the theory of why it works. According to the more traditional idea is that it gets dampness out of the body. So if there's too much, you could think of it like humidity in your body, it can get some of that out. But according to the more modern ideas is that it can, I don't know if it's modern ideas, but according to different ideas is that it, it gets um, older blood out Bad of the blood. body. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think yeah, I know about that. I know some people who just that, yeah, I think I've, I've seen something like that. Or heard more or less. I hear a lot of shit like that. But is it really? Do you really need to get blood bad blood out of the system? Is I it... mean, according to Western medicine, probably not. But I mean, according to Western medicine, there's a lot of people that come and it's like they don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> there's a yeah. lot of people True. that diagnose and that there's just no answer for them in in the in the books. So I guess so. Uh, in my experience, it, uh, the cupping works pretty well. When you poke the hole, though, it's it takes a toll on your body a little bit. It tires you out. It well, you feel out. better. You feel better after it. How do you know you've got the bad blood out and you're not just getting way too much blood out? Yeah. Well, the color is different. That's one. If it's one color, it's probably not great right, to have in there. I can't, I'm not a huge proponent of that blood cupping. But as for the regular cup. Uh, where no blood comes out, it's just like it leaves a mark on your back. Uh, I felt like just noticeable mobility differences just after doing it much more flexible and like pain disappeared in moments, you know, like minutes. So I don't know. But, but that way, the blood doesn't really come out. It just, yeah, which is a particular point. I mean, it, it moves away from wherever it was stuck doesn't come out it's just in it's just one it's just there and i mean blood circulates so it's going to just circulate back well if it moves out of where it was stuck it uh, the idea is that it it moves out of your system oh okay then you poke the hole on that per- oh oh i get it oh. so you don't poke the hole with this you just <laughs> comes to the third so like let's say it's stuck in these tiny capillaries and like i'm okay. a medical expert i'm not an expert on <laughs> medicine yeah yeah it sucks it out of wherever it was stuck and then it's it's okay. able to move into the bloodstream and then come out of your body the same way everything else does yeah i, I don't know i don't know i don't know about that i don't know about that but ooh, there's this other bizarre thing we do for kids i hear they do it for kids but it's called um butts pumping like they pump their <laughs> Okay, we're just in. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't think so. So, um, what do I use? Um, there are these things like um, like a spray gun. Let's use. Okay, let, yes, let's use a spray gun. A water gun. Okay, yes, let's use a water gun. Something like that. It just has a mouth, and then it's connected to a straw that. Basically, there's some herbs, always herbs. I don't know what's up with these people and herbs, but they have these herbs and then they, they pump air and that herb up a kid's butt. 
to open it up. Yeah. <laughs> enema, though, right? That's what an enema is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. Something like that in the West, too. It's just... um. Yeah. yeah. I started... Someone on Hive actually yeah. posted something about that, about pumping stuff their butt. I hope they know. It's weird. <laughs> it's weird. But they do it a lot for kids. My parents... Why kids? Um... It helps with constipation, so I hear. That's the idea you had in your head, right? The whole pump, butt pumping. Well, I had these two different forks. I was like, I hope, I hope it's this one. And that's that's <laughs> better of the two. Than, okay. Because <laughs> we were talking yeah. about what's been happening there, so. Yeah, so they do that mostly for kids. Adults do it too. I don't know why, but they do it to help. They say it helps with constipation. I don't know. I, I don't know if it works, but it sounds like it. It should. It should work. Certain detox programs, they do something like that with putting water. Yeah. 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 And uh, it it has to be hot or something or burn or I don't know. It doesn't like burn, burn something. It's really weird the things people. I see them as risks people take with their bodies because I feel like I. Do we really need to do all that? I mean, can we just move on? I guess I'm I'm worried about sharing these opinions sometimes because people get yeah, very sure. up. But um I personally feel like way too much weight has is been put on uh scientific studies because there's so much like data that you can't collect. There's so much um very there's so many variables that you can't account for. And so just because something works in one like uh, situation doesn't mean it's going to work in another. Yeah. Situation. Like side effects that you can't measure too. So even if you say some drug doesn't have side effects, you can't measure that person throughout life and give them the, you know, they're going to live a different life than somebody else. And so you can't figure out if maybe this is dangerous for this kind of person and not that kind of person. Maybe it's dangerous for people that sleep at a certain time, or maybe it's dangerous. For yeah. People. There's just so many things to consider that I think it's impossible to measure. So they just do the best they can, which is which is good. I'm cautious about putting anything in my body. Yes. I think um, one thing I learned, I think my parents had that idea and they just put it in my head, is that the body does a lot of things for itself. It does a lot of self-cleaning. And yeah, there are people who unfortunately were born and their bodies can't do a bunch of things for themselves, which is sad. But naturally, the body self cleans. It's just how it is. But doing a lot of extras to me, but people have their reasons, you know. It's the reason why people do these things. Yeah. So do we move on from the body talk? Is there any other thing? Oh, I'm pretty sure you've seen videos online of how people bait their newborn babies here. Have you ever seen those? Bake? Bake. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. 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 Bake. 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 No. Okay. No. 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 So they do think the babies where, <laughs> where they mold their head okay this is worse than baking wait what <laughs> so they believe that um kids are born with soft heads so when 
you bait them, you can form the shape of the child's head. So you you see um old ladies baiting babies and newborn babies. Imagine the newest of born, it's like a week, less than a week. And they're, you know, pressing their head, forming it, trying to make it properly rounded and all. So that they say they're molding their heads to be a particular shape. Which Beautiful shape? For like a good shape for the brain or what? I don't think it has anything to do with the brain. I think it just has to do with the aesthetics. Like a nice shape head. A pretty, pretty head shape, but I don't think it works. Never, You've never heard of, heard of that before. No, I mean, I know that the kid's head is softer. Yeah, yeah, so they see that as a means to form the head. It's pretty cake. I don't know if they still they Yeah, they still do it. Well, I haven't seen it being done, but I've been told a lot about it. And um, it doesn't make a lot of sense because these are genetic things. You know, your child is born with a certain... Because of how your parents are, you won't do it. You won't derail from your genes. <laughs> I'm open my... If you if you tell me it works, I I have a question mark, but it's not a yes or no. <laughs> enough, it's like no, that guy's head is ridiculously not like it looks like like his father. Okay, if I, I have to see it enough to really make a decision, I kind of have my biases where I I have my guesses, but I don't know. Maybe maybe it works, <laughs> but you've seen it more. No, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. Because there are a lot of other things they do with newborn babies because they feel like that's the point where you can form a child, you know. So they try to make sure a child is extra flexible, you know. So they're so they're bathing them, you know, stretching the joint. You should go check out videos on YouTube. How, <laughs> you should. Hardcore stretching or is it just... No, like... no, 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 no. It's like really mild massage. Oh, okay, really okay. Mild massage. Sounds good to me. Yeah, it's... But the babies cry a lot, so you, you think you're doing some harm. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. babies. It's babies, you know. They'll cry about anything. But, yeah, they give them the whole massages. You know, just um, stretch their hands to their back a bit. Just massage the shoulders to make sure that the joints are moving okay. The elbows, the knees, you know, just those joints. Although people go the extra mile. There are people who go overboard and they are humans should not be able to bend some certain ways they bend. I would use the crying as an indicator indicator, I think. Stretch the touch, I'd be like, okay. We cry about everything. So I I can use the crying as an indicator. I mean, we have the ones who cry once water touches their bodies, so you can't use that as an indicator. I don't know. I'm I'm yeah. I'm open minded to a lot of this old stuff, but it's just it dep- I have to see it sometimes. I have to see like Thank the you. Mm-hmm. True. I, I've seen a lot of the baby bathing, but I haven't seen the extreme ones. I think I, I only see the ones my mom does, and she's mild. I mean, some older ladies come around her and they're like, you're not doing it right. Bend that muscle. Bend it. Bend it a little more. A human shouldn't be able to bend that much. <laughs> so I feel like a lot of traditions, they probably work if you do them the right way, but it's just there's so much variety. There's so many, uh, how this gets passed down through so many generations that maybe. Yeah. yeah. And then everybody else got it wrong. Or maybe like uh, it was, they were doing it right for a hundred years. And then after that, something went wrong. Someone decided, yeah, humans, you know, someone decided to just change something and be like, let's not do it this way. Let's switch it up a little bit. And 
Um, that's how the logistic tradition move and different people have different ideas on how things should be done. Um, we have a lot of that here. We have talk about, um, we have a lot of those. We have a lot of those. The ones on pregnant ladies, ladies after giving birth, having to tie up, tie up their stomachs, you know, you soon read it out by so much. I mean, they just tie it like with the cloths mm. to hold their, hold your tummy in. So the baby, the baby bump starts going in quickly. They say it works. Um, I don't know. I never watched the uh, birth, so I don't. I don't even know how any of this stuff. Oh. <laughs> I feel that like yeah. you grew up in the states or Japan too. Um, life is really kind of like no. There's a lot of like real stuff that we're just not exposed to. Like we don't know where food comes from. It's like my father when he saw he saw a pig's face, you know, cut off for you know cooking. He was like, I don't want to see something that looks like an animal. It's like, but you're eating an animal, you know? <laughs> I don't want to know that I'm eating an animal. I just want to eat my meat, right? My meat is not an animal. It's my meat, right? It's me. It's meat, right? Really? Yeah, there's this idea, like, um, so when I was in China, too, I ate, like, um, chicken feet or something. And when you show that to Japanese people, they're just, you know, because they don't eat, like, Japan is much more... Sterile. It's much more kind of everything is clean. Everything is, and people are freaked out by anything that looks like a foot. You know, I, I I don't know if it's everyone, but frog, like a lot of different foods, like people get freaked out about. It's like an animal. You know, you kill an animal to eat it, right? It's uh, my brother's not like that. He could he could take a bow and arrow, kill a rabbit, and then skin it and cook it. But he's yeah. very, he's very strange in America. He's not normal at all. <laughs> Most people are not like that. I yeah, I don't expect people to be like that. Terrible. I mean, here we have what we call the point and kill. So you go out and um, there's a fish tank, and you just point the fish you want. They pick it out and they kill it right there. So you point it and they kill it. Mm-hmm. Um, we get. I mean, we buy live animals. You could just mm-hmm. go out buy live live chicken and bring it to the house, kill it, skin it, eat it. Buy goats, do the same thing. Buy a cow, uh-huh. you do the same thing. That's life. But I feel like uh, what the the closer you are to the suburb, in the suburbs, it's very not real. You know, like uh, people just don't know how life works. So like I was never exposed to a pregnancy. Like uh, I mean, I've seen pregnant women before, but you know, um, what happens after? You never really I know how the baby comes out. You know, I, I probably saw a documentary once, but I turned away. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, sir. I think that comes from um, communal living to a large yeah. extent. While I may have not, okay, you know, yeah, I have been exposed to that based on um, my brother's wives and all that. But even before then, I had neighbors, you know, so they would give birth and my mom would have to go over to take care of the newborn. So raising a child was not just a one family thing, it was. A village, you know, it takes a village to raise a kid. So, so I guess that got us exposed to these things. Even at a very young age, you know, I was less than ten. I started baby babysitting newborns when I was like six. I had those kind of exposures, and I guess that makes us more aware. And these things aren't really foreign anymore. No, I think like a lot of people, a lot of people in the states and probably in Japan too. I can't say everywhere, but at least like in the suburbs, in the city, 
it's like they don't meet children until they have children or their friends have children. Um, <laughs> it once and like I didn't see kids for a very long time, you know. And now, like I have some friends that have kids, and it's like, oh, kids are like this. Right? And I learn every time, every time that I hang out with my friends that have little kids, yeah, uh, because I spent twenty years without any kids around. I mean, yeah, that is how it should be, though. That is how it should be. Why? I mean, spending a lot of time without having to see kids. I mean, it should be that way. Why? It should be. <laughs> Sometimes it gets tiring. <laughs> Gets pretty tired. I mean, they, they are, these aren't my kids, so why do I have to see them so often? <laughs> You're not lying. Yeah, it comes up. I mean, I, I guess I mentioned I have a pretty large family, so um, I'm the last kid, so I get to see, I think, about how many of my siblings have kids? One, two, three, about four. Three of my siblings have kids, so and they have like, I have like seven nephews. I can't really avoid being kids that much. I can't really avoid their stories or all. so. But that how happens. old were they when they had kids? I think a lot of them were in their thirty. Their okay. already had kids. Oh no, we didn't have, we didn't have the. We do have people who give birth kids pretty young. So oh. I have a cousin who's my age, about twenty four, and um, she started having kids when she was about sixteen or less. I think at the time I met her when I was sixteen, she had about three kids at sixteen. So. People start having kids pretty early. And her mom had her when she was about 16 as well. So we have the generation that keeps on having young children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you know that um, people have kids like chickens over an air. So they have, they have so many children. How many siblings do you have? I have seven. That's considered Wait. average or is that considered... Depends. Depends on who you ask. <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Um, my mom's dad. My mom's dad had a, over had about thirty three children. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. I, I I guess it a lot, and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah seven sounds like a lot. <laughs> yeah. Thirty three. So, yeah, thirty three. So my mom had like wives, right? And a lot of wives. Okay. Uh, I can't imagine one woman having thirty-three children. No, 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 no. I I think um my mom's we just have this generation of eight. So my mom's mom had eight kids, okay, and the other wives had the rest. I think my dad's great grandfather had over fifty children. So with a lot of wives, the African thing, you know, the richer a man is, the more kids he has. Uh, okay. I thought it was like a Fela Kuti thing because he's like famous and like, because I know Fela Kuti had about 30 something kids, right? Oh, yeah. Yes. So I, I, think, he have, I think he had right? more than that. I mean, those are the ones that you know of. They're always more than, they don't count. I mean, someone could just walk in the house and be like, hey, I'm, I'm this guy's child, you know. Where are you coming from? We, we haven't met you before. Like, I mean, I look like him and they always look like their fathers. I don't know why it happens that way. Just walk in and like, he's my dad. Yeah, like my mom's dad was a wealthy fisherman. So he had um, businesses all around. So um, he had business partners from other states. This was a story I got. So was it my my grandmom? Yeah, my grandmom. She, she was like a present from a friend. So he traveled, a friend of his traveled in from the east to his, his house and they're like, 
oh, you're a good guy. Here's my daughter, marry her. And she's like a gift. So I don't really know much about my, was it my great-grandma? Yeah, I think my great-grandma. Yeah, so I don't really know much about her. So I got my complexion from her and everything because every other person is dark and she's the only really fair person, really light-skinned person we have because every other person is dark-skinned and then her genes just came down. We don't even know where she's from. She already had other wives at that point? Of course. Yeah, she was just a present. Does that depend on the tribe or is that like just any tribe has people that uh, have multiple wives? Um, as far as I know, I think every Nigerian tribe has those. It's the rich guy thing. It's a rich man thing. It's really common though. It's very common. Although now they're trying to make it seem less common. But, um, I mean, we have a guy who's married to one wife and then he has kids with other women. It's pretty much still polygamy, just not married to them, but you still have kids with other women. So how do you feel about it? Um, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't. I really don't like it. But it is what it is. You know, these things happen. While I am more or less pro-abortion, a lot of people aren't. So you can't blame them for keeping kids. Everybody sees the kid as a blessing. So you never know what this, this child's future is going to hold. I think where I'm totally against it is where there's no money. And they do that a lot here. They have so many kids where there's no money. I have this cousin who's in her early 30s. And, you know, this lady has like nine children in her early 30s. And they don't even have a proper house. You know, she just kept on having children and having children. They don't have money. They don't have a proper roof over their heads. Kids don't have good clothes. And all they do is just have children for who to take care of nobody the kids just stay there by the time the girl her daughter is 12 she's already pregnant because there's not much care and um, to me that's where it gets wrong we have a lot of that here especially i think it happens especially where i'm from i'm from the southern part of nigeria it's a very common thing down south for people to just have kids without any thoughts just have kids and throw them into the world and you know from the age of two. Both in the South, then. Why, why is it more common in the South? Um, Honestly, I have no idea why it's more common in the South. I really don't know. In the North, they also have a plethora of children, but I think there they have some kind of care, I guess, sometimes. Well, what's the motivation for having so many kids? Just spreading DNA? or is it... I don't know. Boredom. 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 Mostly boredom. <laughs> Like they don't know. Yeah, I, I, they don't know what else to do. So <laughs> no one had to keep having kids. Okay, for my cousin, for my cousin, she wanted a male child. So she has like eight females and finally got her male. They still do that here. Yeah, they still do that. So the male gender is seen as superior most times. Well, when I was in China, the, 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 the idea was basically that kids are a lottery ticket. So if you have one, that's <laughs> ball then everything works out for the whole family. And so it's kind of, uh, I mean, it's not that situation for everyone, but um, the, the older generation basically feels like, because it's not really the same uh, social security or anything like that. So they want to have enough kids where one can be successful and then take care of the parents. So, you know, if, you're, if your siblings are successful, you have a lot of uh, pressure taken off. 
Uh, if they're not, then you have a lot of pressure put on. So uh, the younger generation now, they're basically feeling like uh, it costs too much money to raise a kid where it's not even worth that kind of uh, investment as the older yeah. generations. Yeah, And also, I think younger people have this idea that like everyone kind of owns themselves and their parents don't own them. So it's definitely um, changing. But yeah, I mean, in, in America and Japan, it's just the opposite. You know, everyone, because it's the, the price of living basically like things work if you for my parents generation if they worked hard and they and they did their thing then everything worked out well for them and so they realized like oh it's not worth having more than two kids because if i have two kids mm -hmm. i can have it for two kids and if i have more it's just it's going to be a pain in the ass and i think that's how that kind of uh tradition i guess you could call it of having lots of kids although i don't think 33 was ever a thing in... <laughs> no that that was a side of well 33 uh -huh. he's a rich guy do you think that most men in Nigeria want to have that many kids? No. Okay. Right now, no. Because okay. right now there's a large sense of responsibility and things aren't as cheap as they used to be. Although things weren't as very easy for my family, or you know, my dad was able to handle having eight kids. We all got through the university. We're all, you know, well taken care of. Even after the university, they still, you know, take care of us if we, if they need to. But that was because during the early times, they they had kids when things were cheaper. You had my dad at his 50s with eight children. And then my school, my fees, my tuition in primary school was a dollar and the equivalent of a dollar. That's how much they paid for tuition. One dollar for how long? Three months, every three months. Every three months. Okay, okay. Yeah. But... It was pretty much free. It was pretty much free. They just had wow. to put a figure on it so it wouldn't seem like a kid is getting a free education it was one of the good schools but it was in um a university campus so my parents were my dad was a lecturer there so i got the privilege of being a lecturer's kid even at that the normal tuition was um times four at four dollars per term okay so yeah but that's still it wasn't Exactly. It still wasn't that bad. Compared to now, that same school, the same school, I think they pay over $60. Okay, okay. Right now, every term. So my parents could afford it then. It was pretty cheap then compared to now. You see the difference from like a dollar to 60 Yeah, sure, sure, sure. You know how much university costs in America? Oh, I do. I do. I do. I have done my research. <laughs> I have. I have. It, it, it's pretty expensive for people there in America, let alone here when we try to gain admission to universities there. It's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. I, yeah, no, there's no easy way to put it. I actually did cancel universities, um, American universities from my list. I'm, I'm not even trying. It's really hard to imagine the different, like, kind of, uh, the price of different things in different countries. It's just, it's incredibly complex. It's not like, oh, this country is just cheaper and that country is more expensive. It's like, sometimes just things are inverted and, and strange too. Like um, like in Japan, uh, in America, for example, the, the health insurance, university, uh, all insurance really, and university medical care, things like that are just crazy. But when it comes to um, entertainment and things like that, it's relatively cheap. Yeah, I mean, compared to Europe, compared to uh, Japan. Yeah, okay. Uh, but Japan, on the other hand, it's switched where the the um, 
insurance and things like that are definitely cheaper than America. University, I think, is about I, I'm not sure I'm not sure exactly, but it's at least a quarter of the price, or it's at least half the price of America. Yeah, and then like uh, just everyday household goods in Japan are also much cheaper. Um, forks and knives and plates and things like that. But like if you want to get a beer here, <laughs> uh, outside, probably twice as much as. Uh, and it's hard to see because if you lived in one city in America, it's going to be different than another city. When I was in university, I went to concerts basically every day <laughs> because it was like $5 where uh, it's about $5 is the cost of a meal. Uh, oh, that's yeah. probably cheaper than a meal. Uh, it could be $5 for entry or $10 for entry. Whereas here, it'll be $30 cheaper. sometimes for a local bet. Um, well, $30 for one night out. Uh, and that's like on the cheap end where you're trying to save money. So entertainment here is crazy. It's like anything you do for entertainment, it's way more expensive. Um, but everybody does it because they want to have fun. So they are willing to spend the money. You know, some people I know, they spend most of their money on entertainment. Yeah. I think as a... just to just to be able to. I think entertainment here is very, very cheap. Like compared to every other thing you just mentioned, entertainment here is extremely cheap. You know, I've had friends who have stayed in the UK and um, the US, and they come to Nigeria. They come back home, and they're like, "Yo, Nigeria is pretty good, though." I have to, I have to give my country some credit. Like, there's almost no amount of entertainment you want somewhere else that you can't have here, and it's much more so much cheaper they still have their expensive concerts because if you want to go to a concert with an a-list nigerian artist you know you have to spend between the equivalent of um 50 to 100 dollars yeah for a good seat 100 dollars for a concert in nigeria for an a-list an a-list that's it that's still crazy then because because the thing is it's like different scales right so if you're making this much money every month and then something costs this much like compared to the average salary, what is what is that? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. If you want to compare it to, to the average salary, if you want to compare it, but we're talking an A-list artist, I mean, but those are for good seats. I think you could get for like twenty dollars. That's like maybe the cheapest. That's the cheapest. So an A-list artist here, maybe it's a hundred something dollars for regular seats, and then there's crazy seats that like most people don't think about. Yeah, we could get seats for up to a thousand dollars. There are seat tables that go for about a thousand. There's a huge <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But it's for like a table, so maybe that could cover like three or four people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, even a country like there's just there's there's so much variety in just the the standard of living. Not only like like what is standard of living? It's like some things. Some things are so easy in some places and so, I don't know, it's just, it's a much bigger topic than most people give it credit for. Within um, a country, right? So it's like, oh, yes. that expensive is probably, it's not even close to what some other people consider expensive in both directions. That is so, true. That yeah. is true. That is very true. Um, I've had the experience of living in different parts of Nigeria. I think I've been lucky enough. Um, so... Down south, you notice that things are a lot, a lot more expensive than up north. Because it's close to Lagos. Um, no, I don't think Lagos has anything. Lagos is unnecessarily expensive. I'm not a fan of Lagos. <laughs> I'm not a Lagos fan. Yeah. I think I've I've been to Lagos just once. 
I'm not a fan of space it's unless it's really stressful and expensive unnecessarily for me but Lagos is um, I guess it's considered south as well apparently southwest but I'm talking about the major southern places you know we have um, Port Harcourt, Bielsa, Delta and the like a lot more expensive than the middle belt and the north I'm talking housing I'm talking food I'm talking entertainment everything and what's crazy is they're more expensive but the Middle Belt and the North have better amenities than the South. Really? Yeah, they do. Where I stayed in the Middle Belt, we had like almost uninterrupted power supply for an entire year, which is a big deal over here. But I mean, I've been talking to you and they've taken my power like twice. Huh? <laughs> Since I've been talking to you, they've taken my power like twice. They just took it not long ago. What do you mean? The... Power, like power outage. Oh, so you're using, uh, you're not using Wi-Fi, you're using uh, data from the... Yeah, 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 mobile, mobile data. Okay, so the, the phone doesn't go out, but the... Uh, no, else. everything else might light out. Really? I, I, I'm just surprised you can still use the internet like nothing's wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't affect anything. It doesn't just affect, like, there's no power. I can't charge my phone. Okay, yeah. Like power. Yeah, and the light. Power is everything here. Because we live in these cities with like tight, you know, so if the lights go off here, you can't see me. There's no lights coming in from outside, even during yeah. the daytime. They just, they just oh. brought it back. Just came back. It's just, I, I think the hard thing to imagine for people in the States, a lot of other countries about Nigeria and probably other places in Africa, is that life is not that different in some situations in some places. And then the power goes off and it's like, oh, life is oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Like, we, we, back to reality <laughs> we imagine extremes right so we see the nice areas and we imagine oh it's really fancy or we see the poor areas and we imagine it's really poor and it's hard to imagine just how these different things intersect you know yeah well, no matter where you are the power can go out in, you know, you'd yeah. be in like best areas like I've seen I've stayed in some of the coolest places and power goes out some really nice place. I'm talking federal capital, like expensive as houses and power goes out. Why is it going out? I can't just stay. Like this house is too fine for us to go through this. <laughs> house yeah. is too nice. But it's still Nigeria, you know, you still go through the Nigerian thing. But I guess we most for the most part we learn to survive without a lot of things. We do. So why would your internet be connected to your be connected to power supply here? No, here it is. So, like, I usually connect to um, like a wall plugged in Wi Fi. Yeah, I know, I know about them. I know about them. Yeah. I I have had experience. I I stayed like a month in the UK, my sister, so I know how it works. I know how her internet and all that works. Well, it's not like that here, it's not because yeah. you can't. You can't depend on it, so you can't build your life something you can't depend on. The price difference is huge too, right? Between uh, buying a Wi-Fi router and uh, using cell phone data, right? Um, yeah, yeah, it is. The amount you pay for data is a lot. I guess. I guess we. Pay, I heard. I heard we pay a lot more than most people around the world. I guess. Because, um, okay, a friend of mine is about to do a plan for an entire year that's supposed to cost about 
$200 for data for the entire year. It's hard to imagine, too, because, like, how much is a meal? How much do they make per month, right? It's it's just a totally different situation. I know. Well, I mean, it's an entire year. So you're just looking at per month. You could calculate that based on what you earn per year. So to us, that's expensive. To me, that's not previously expensive. Yeah, that's yeah. over, that's about 100000 naira. That's expensive. I won't do that. <laughs> I feel like we really need to set a standard which is based on, like, how much meals cost and how much how much uh, rent costs. But then that's also hard to measure because there's different living. Con- it's just it's just totally different situation. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't it, think you can. Yeah. This thing, to me, they're pretty independent. You know, how much meals cost depends on where you are. Right? And it depends well, they, on the too. Yeah. Depends on your standard of living. Where you decide to live depends on your standard of living. You know? Well, people in a lot of countries think I'm fancy for going out all the time. But like, it costs almost the same thing to cook. <laughs> it's really yeah. So I'm just yeah, like, I, I like ten percent, twenty percent more. I'd rather just go out. <laughs> you know, um, I have that experience as well with um, right. I'm currently in Potakots, you know, but my parents live in Bielsa. In Bielsa, things they're side by side. These two states are side by side. You know, um, it's like a two hours drive. But in Bielsa, things are so cheap. I entertainment to me, like I could go to a somewhat fancy restaurant and I could spend a lot less than I would in Potakot and I'd have a good time. But you come to Potakot and you're spending more to go to the same kind of places you go to, but in Bios. I mean, it's the same food. There's no big difference between the food, just location and um, industrialization, so to say. Because Bios is pretty local. But they still have nice shit there. Uh, the income's probably lower there, right? A lot, a lot more, a lot more. But you still, get, you. I mean, you want fancy food, you get your fancy food. I mean, that's what we're paying for, yeah. and cheaper. These days, we even pay for more for locations and even nice food. I don't know why. Uh, you mean like just atmosphere? Yeah, pay for atmosphere, pretty pictures, you know. I I get it to some extent, but there's just like like sometimes it's just way too way too ridiculous. I mean, they make the restaurants look pretty so you can take pretty pictures. They know what they're selling. <laughs> they're selling with atmosphere and nice food. If you like what we do here, find us on social media and let us know. Uncut episodes will be up early on Patreon, and any support you make will make it easier to keep doing this. I also have a novella series called Confessions of the Damaged. It follows a man wandering the streets as he sees visions and tries to understand the meaning of his life. You can find links for everything in the description. Whoa.